Welcome to the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. On this podcast, you will feel empowered to release the feelings of shame, trauma, isolation, and sense of loss that can often come from a difficult marriage, painful breakup, and divorce. You will be given the insights and inspiration you need to love yourself fiercely, be sure of your worthiness, and to handle the challenges of post-divorce life with strength and humor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tiffany's Titillating Talks. I come to you today needing a big giant hug from you guys. I really do. Typically, the rule is when you podcast, especially podcasting from a place of vulnerability, you podcast from an area that is a scar, not a wound, because you don't really want to inflict your wounds on your audience. But you guys, I'm wounded today and I just, I just need your love and I just need to be with you guys and somehow sharing this with you all makes me feel a little bit better. So forgive me for my tears, but it's been a rough couple weeks. You've probably noticed I haven't been very active on social media. I haven't done my normal stuff. Um, I recently had my 48th birthday on January 2nd, and I was a little frenetic about it. I was a little crazy, like, I scheduled a photo shoot because as you guys know, I'm kind of rebranding this podcast into Radical Audacity, shifting just a smidge, not too much. It's it's just a, a millimeter of a, a shift. It'll keep you all, you all will, it'll still be meaningful to you all, I certainly hope. And I'd love to hear from you if it is. But oh my God, you're going to love the guests I've had on. I've already interviewed like six or seven guests for the new season, and you guys are going to love it. So it was my birthday, and I scheduled a photo shoot that would kind of be a mixture of a rebrand and a birthday photo shoot, and I had my friend who's a stylist all scheduled to come in and do my hair and my makeup and help me pick out the clothes, and then David my boyfriend, my sexy sound guy, his brother is a very good photographer. So he was coming to do the photos and my stylist friend had a location for us that was just perfect and everything was great. And you guys, I'm like, okay, I got to get ready for this. I I got a facial and I got my first spray tan. I never had a spray tan before. Got my nails done. Like I was ready for this photo shoot. And I think the photo shoot meant a lot to me because I've been going through a lot. I've had some health issues and there's a lot of fear behind those health issues. Uh, I'd been going through, um, you know, I'm 48 years old and I'd been going through some difficult gynecological issues and they're kind of scary and this whole series of tests and 
blood tests and ultrasound and biopsy and doctor's appointments. And it's all really scary. And so I think this, I think this photo shoot for me was kind of symbolic of, well, if these results come back bad, at least I have these pictures of when I was quote unquote healthy. And so it kind of meant a lot to me, right? Like it was the rebranding, it was my birthday, it was like, you know, the moment before I got the bad news and all of that. And the day of the photo shoot comes and I'm all excited and got, oh, you guys, you should have seen, I had like 12 pairs of shoes set out because I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a shoe fanatic. I love beautiful shoes. And so I had all these shoes set out and I was all excited and I was taking pictures of them and sending to my friends and sending to my stylist. And I had all these clothes set out and hanging in my doorway and sending to my stylist. And I was so excited and we were getting things packed in the car. It was just a couple of hours before the photo shoot was supposed to start. And my stylist sends me a message and says, oh, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to have to cancel today. And it was like being stabbed in the chest. And I know it sounds silly. It sounds silly to be upset over a photo shoot. But I think this photo shoot was so symbolic for me. And it being canceled at the last minute was so awful. And I got to tell you, my boyfriend and his brother just ramped it up and tried to save the day and they did everything they could to save the day. And <laughs> my boyfriend's like, go over to Mac. They'll do your makeup. And of course I get to Mac and they're like, well, we can only do your makeup above the mask. So I basically got my eyes done, which frankly is the hardest part of makeup. So, and I am hopeless with makeup. So at least getting that done was helpful. And she did a beautiful job and I enjoyed meeting her and, and that was a good experience. But then I had to do my own hair, which you guys, I'm hopeless with doing my own hair. And then I had to pick out my own outfits, which I was hopeless with. I, I'll post some of the pictures at some point. You guys will see that I didn't choose them very wisely. Anyway, long story short, the birthday was a little bit of a bust. And, you know, I think anytime we put too much meaning on something, it's just bound to not meet our expectations. So I went to, I got a call yesterday that my biopsy test results were back, my uterine biopsy test results, and that they wanted to see me today, which I think when doctor, and it's it's been kind of frantic, like it's been blood work, ultrasound, biopsy, like just, they call me and they're like, come in in the next day or two and it's been kind of frantic and hard for me to keep up with and hard for me to wrap my mind around and painful, frankly, awful. So today was my appointment with the doctor for the results of the biopsy, which they just got yesterday. And David came with me, which was wonderful. And I love my doctor. She's wonderful. She sat there and she drew us a diagram and... The good news is that as far as she can tell, I don't have cancer, which was the big fear that I had uterine cancer because of all my symptoms and all the things I've been experiencing. 
but I do have abnormal cells and very bad scarring inside my uterus and a lot of other things going on. And she recommended that I get a hysterectomy. So that's being scheduled ASAP because they want to get this out of me because while it's not cancerous right now, it has all of the signs of turning into something bad pretty quick. If I chose not to get a hysterectomy, I would need to be under the care of a gynecological oncologist and get regular checkups and regular scans. And somehow that feels more scary than just going ahead and getting a hysterectomy because it's like having a ticking time bomb inside your body. So I said, okay, to the hysterectomy, which, you know, now is a pretty... They've made it, a, you know, a surgery that is not quite as invasive and horrible as it was for like my mom. I remember when my mom got a hysterectomy and it was it was horrible and she was in the hospital for like a week and it was awful and she's had so many repercussions from it ever since. So I know in the grand scheme of things, a hysterectomy is not that terrible of a surgery, but you know. That's where I grew my babies, and that's part of my womanhood. And I know there are a lot of you that have given up parts of your womanhood, whether you've having to give your breasts because of breast cancer, you've given up your uterus, and I think you can all feel for how like you can logically know what's the right thing to do. And logically know that it's a pretty safe surgery and you're in the hands of a good surgeon. And I do trust my doctor. I, I think she's a good surgeon. But there's also that emotional piece of that's where you grew your babies. And I mean, goodness, I'm 48, so I'm not about to have more babies. It's not like it's taking away my ability to have more babies. But I'm not going to lie. It feels like there's a little piece of me being taken out. And I'm not going to lie you know, you guys have heard me talk about my best friend, Noni, and how she died of breast cancer. And she died at 39 and didn't get to see her son graduate high school. And here's my son, my oldest is 16 and my youngest is 11. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't want that for my kids because her son, you know, the pain and I love him. He's such a good kid. And so there's that. And there's there's the there's fear of of surgery. I don't do well with um anesthesia. I never, ever, ever have, even when I went to get my wisdom teeth pulled out at like 16 years old. Um I reacted very badly to the anesthesia. And every time I've had to be put under anesthesia. I end up in critical care because for some reason I don't do well. And so there's that fear that I won't do well. And so my doctor listened and she's wonderful. And she it, she knows a very good anesthesiologist who's a cardiac anesthesiologist and would take very good care of me because basically what happens to me when I go under anesthesia is they can't control my blood pressure and it becomes extraordinarily dangerous. And the last time I went under anesthesia about six years ago, 
um, I ended up very dangerous. I ended up in the, almost ended up in the ICU. They, they just couldn't control my blood pressure. They couldn't wake me up from surgery. And it was very, very scary. And it was rough complications. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm six, almost seven, well, I'm probably about six years older than I was when I went through that surgery. And you know, there's the fear, the fear of the complications. This is a bigger surgery than the last one I went through, a much more invasive. And, you know, faced with your own mortality, that's a thing. So that's what I'm dealing with today. And I get home and the kids get home and I have a talk with them about what's going on. And I'm very straightforward and honest and you know, they know something's been going on. And my little guy is like, well, mom, with them doing the surgery, is it going to help you? Is it going to make you healthy? And I said, yeah, it'll, it'll help me be healthy. And he's like, okay, that's good. So well, are you worried about anything? He's all, no, if you're not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. And I love that. I love the innocence of youth. And I'm like, no, you know, it's, we're good. We're going to be okay. And the doctors are going to take good care of mom and you don't need to worry. And he's like, okay, then I'm not worried. The sweet boy. And so we get home and we're home for a couple of hours. And David, sexy sound guy, my boyfriend, decides to make a bondaga soup, you know, great, good comfort food. And while he's making dinner, I'm checking my social media. I have not been very active on social media, but I checked it and There's a post by my, I guess she's my ex-aunt. Basically my husband, my ex-husband's aunt that says, we lost Jim today and I am so sad. And that's, Jim is my ex-dad-in-law. And you guys... He was my dad for 19 years, you know. And just because just because you get divorced doesn't mean you don't love those people. And getting divorced my ex's parents took it very hard. They took me as, you know, completely rejecting their son and they completely iced me out and disowned me. And as you guys know, my own mother and sister did the same when I left the religion. And it was like being disowned twice as if, as if I'm someone that's easy to just say, you don't exist to us. And it, you know, for it happening twice in your life to people that you love deeply, it's really hard. So I found out on Facebook that he passed away and my children are with me and it's their grandpa that they love. And I was shocked. I, I literally went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I said to my 16-year-old, call your dad, call your dad, call your dad. And he's like, wait, what, what, why? And I'm all, just call your dad, call your dad, your grandpa died, call your dad. I didn't 
react well. It was just such a shock. And I think with all of the stuff that happened today, I just didn't, I probably didn't have my calm adult head on. It was just an intense shock. You know, it's like my own dad dying because he was my dad for so long. And he calls his dad and his dad is like, I can't believe your mother found out on Facebook and told you I was going to tell you tomorrow when I pick you up. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't you tell your kids? Like, why wouldn't you call me and say, I need the kids. I got to tell them their grandpa died. Why wouldn't you bring the kids to the hospital and let them say goodbye to their grandpa? Like, why do they have to find out this way? And the kids felt so out of the loop and so shocked and it was so unfair to them. And he just kept saying, I can't believe your mom told you this way. And their grandpa died at lunchtime today. And this was at like 7 8 o'clock at night. And their dad hadn't said a word to them. And both boys were so sad. They left their grandpa and they didn't get to say goodbye. And it breaks my heart. And they're both so sad and they deal with it in such a different way. My 16-year-old just cried and cried. And he's a, you guys know, he's 6'3", he's 220. He's this giant of a young man. And he's so sensitive and so emotional. He could pick you up over his head and throw you. He's so stinking strong. But his heart is so soft and he just... He cuddled on me and cried and was like, I don't want to feel my feelings. And I just told him, it's okay. You've got to feel your feelings. It's okay. It's worse to not feel them. And he's like, but they feel so bad. And I said, I know. I know. And that's good because it means you love your grandpa so much and so feel those feelings. And he just cried and snuggled with me. And it's this big, giant, great Dane of a kid snuggling up to me. And you guys, he's 6'3", and I'm 5'3", so he's giant, and he weighs a good 100 pounds more than I do. He's just giant, you know? And he's snuggling on me. And then my little 11-year-old, the way he deals with it is he gets out his wooden toy sword and asks for a box, and we just so happen to have a couple boxes because, you know... I love getting things delivered in the mail. I mean, online shopping is the greatest joy of the pandemic. So there's plenty of boxes and he just wants a box and he just goes and he destroys the boxes and and it's okay because that's how he's dealing with his feelings and he just takes the sword and just decimates the boxes and every time it feels like a little piece of my heart is being stabbed. But I'm so glad that he has a little bit of an outlet and, and then he's done and then he comes and cuddles and I read the both of them a, a bit of Harry Potter goodnight story. Although we're in Harry Potter in the part, we're in Deathly Hollows when Harry Potter goes back to Hogwarts and he's trying to defeat Voldemort and it's all so terrible. So we're kind of in a stressful part of Harry Potter. So I don't know if it helped the boys at all. So... That's where I'm at right now, and I'm I'm not very active on Facebook right now or Instagram. I'm not interacting with you guys very much, but I want you to know 
this community means so much to me. You guys mean so much to me. And I've had so many of you. There's there have been members of the community that kind of know what's going on. And my beautiful friend Michelle, who is an avid listener, picked Max up from school today so I could go to my doctor's appointment. And she was just so loving and supportive. And my beautiful friends, Michelle, Shell and Shell, who's sick with COVID right now. And Aaron, you know, checking on me, making sure I'm okay and sending me beautiful heartfelt messages. They're such gorgeous humans. And my friends, Yulia and Lisa and Lindsay checking on me. And it's been such a thing, you know, like October, November, COVID hit us twice and we've been so sick and then pneumonia hit me. COVID twice and then pneumonia and I've just been so sick for so long and then to have all of this happen today and my dear beautiful friends, they just keep rallying around me and I just feel terrible that I feel terrible that I'm asking so much of my friends, but I also feel so grateful for their love and their support. My sister, I have one sister I have two sisters, one sister that, you know, I've never met her daughter and she won't talk to me, but I have another sister who we're very close and, you know, we had a great talk today and I don't know. I don't know what lesson there is to learn from this today. I don't know if I have any happy takeaways from you guys or any great growth opportunities or any lessons to learn or, you know, anything you can take away from this episode other than I usually try to give to you guys. And I think today I just, maybe I just need a hug from you. Maybe today is about me receiving from you instead of me giving. I, I think that's what I need. So Thank you to everybody for your love and your support and for listening to the podcast and giving me this platform to share. And thank you for being with me on this journey. And thank you for your love. Um, I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. If anything resonated with you in the podcast, I would love to hear about it. Please DM me on my Instagram at Tiffany Kane. Also, if this podcast makes you think of a friend that could benefit from hearing this message of support and empowerment, please share it with her. And remember, this podcast is sponsored by the Love and Life After Divorce membership group, We would be so thrilled to have you join. Have a beautiful day. And remember, of course, it's all about you. Hashtag self-love.